With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. to have you all along with us. I'm Ollie Kay, and with me tonight is my co-host Ian. How are you getting on, Ian? I'm all right, mate. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thank you very much. Just drinking a cruise Campo. It's very nice. It really is. And with us, too, is producer Matt. How are you getting on tonight, Matt? For the record, we're not endorsed by cruise Campo. But it is an okay beer. Um, I'm doing all right, thanks, Ollie. I've uh, had an incredible game of bowling tonight. I actually scored my highest score ever. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, it, it was an absolutely mad score. You sent that on the group, and we're all like, wow. Wow, what, what a score. And, and just a quick word on Cruise Campo. Yes, we aren't sponsored by them. But I had it at the grounds, like in the grounds. And it tasted a bit funky. Like the like the the pipes hadn't been flushed out for quite a while, so I thought I'd just give it a go um, from a can. And I have to say, I'm very impressed with it. It's a good beer in the end. But I digress. Talking about beer, let's jump straight in and have a look back at that three-one loss to Sheffield United, as well as all the news around Kenilworth Road this week. In our news segment. I heard it through Rowan's Grapevine. So it was it was a pretty shit match, wasn't it? Yeah, um, we were all optimistic about it going into the match, uh, but we all had that little inkling, didn't we? That were we? We'd just pull a loosen. <laughs> were we? Well, we were. We, I we... don't know if we were all optimistic. Uh, well, I think if you pull back the recording from last week, I was, um, and I'm never on the pessimistic side, I was very reserved about this game. Everybody knew we could pull a looting out of the bag, and we did. We delivered. We delivered. Yeah, we pulled a, we pulled a massive looting out of that hat, didn't we? We were even favourites, which never goes well for us. Uh, although Rob Edwards has said since he didn't think the favourite tags affected the players um which I, I don't know it might have done a little bit they looked a bit confident and that, that's shown we'll talk about that a bit later but i think a big factor to it was sheffield united sitting so deep and we just couldn't break them down uh but the main thing for me was that it was a shame to lose our unbeaten run in the league in that manner especially when we absolutely dominated the game like the stats are insane 
Now, what's the highest possession that you can remember? Like, I can't think of anything as high as 75%. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the first half, I think they had 70%, didn't they? And they don't, Sheffield United had only completed 68 passes. Uh, it's indicative of how the game went, really. Um, I think both penalties kind of ruined the game. Um, it threw momentum both times. Um, you know, they came at the wrong times for us. Uh, neither were penalties for me, uh, I've got to no, say. Um, it's just a, it was just a shit match all around, wasn't it? It was just, you kind of knew it was coming. Uh, the ground, ground was flat. I think everybody was a little bit nervous that it could come when it should have been pumping. It, it had its moments, but it was just flat. As flat as our performance was, really, we we just weren't patient enough. Uh, we were trying to pump balls in. We just weren't patient enough. We should have maybe had Chong on a little bit earlier, just trying to lock that that defense a little bit more. I think. Yeah, he looked impressive when he came on. He's always so industrious, buzzing around, trying to get things done. Uh, you mentioned the penalty. Yeah, they were both rather bizarre, and the weirdest thing as well. Like we didn't have a clue what was going on in the ground. Um, like their their penalty, none of them actually even appealed for it. Like the play just went on for another two minutes. Then all of a sudden the, the ref decided to pull it back. It made no sense whatsoever. But then when we had our penalty shout, all the players were asking for it. They were all like, you know, hitting their arms, going pen, pen, pen. Um, so I think ours was a bit more of a handball-y handball than theirs. The thing that irked me a bit more, though, was the manner of conceding the other two goals. Um, like, I don't want to dig out anyone in particular, um, but the Archer and D'Souza goals were very frustrating. Archer's goal... Now, Ian, tell me if you think, if you agree with me on this. Archer's goal was a carbon copy of that second Longstaff goal at Newcastle, where Anthony Gordon ran around the outside of Gabe, and Gabe ran alongside him. And Gabe should have you know, kicked him out of play, you know? Shouldn't have even allowed Archer get, to get round him. Like you said, uh, yeah, I mean, it was pretty similar. Um, obviously, we don't want to dig it, dig it out. He's had a good season so far, but it, it was far too easy. Um, he had him for pace as well. Um, he just needs to put a challenge in or, or get a pass off. And he could have only had the opportunity, but these things will happen. There's still, there's still players that have come up from the championship, aren't they? So difficult one. Difficult to be too hard on him. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, it look, was, it was a hard Gabe. watch. I love Gabe. I think he's, he's a Rolls Royce. He is. He's so good. Um, he defends well, um, other than the, the previous two games. He, he's he's so classy. But I feel when he's running, that I just get the feeling that he has another gear, that he's not he's not hitting that other gear. He's trying to stride along, sort of like you know how Alex Ferguson said about Ryan Giggs, strode along like a cocker spaniel chasing some foil in the winds. Like he he's trying just to look too good while he's running. Um whereas he just needs to, you know, hit that ugly running, you know, where you, do you remember like how Rowan Vine used to run with with his head just swinging around wildly everywhere. He needs to hit that level. He needs to hit some ugly running. Um I, I hope everyone forgot about sort that. of gets that analogy. About like uh, you need to look up videos of how <laughs> yeah. Rowan Vine used to run where he just swinged his head erratically as he charged around the pitch. Um, but the third goal as well, like Gabe got caught on the ball twice and he had multiple chances to clear his lines. And then the ball gets swept out to D'Souza, who's completely open because Doughty hasn't tracked back. And that that's just frustrating, is it not? They're simple goals. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes with our team, though, it's... It, the ebb and flow of the game kind of caused that as well. Um, we were disjointed all over the place, so it wasn't just directly for one person. We were there was plenty of people out of position for both of those goals. Um, whilst you can kind of look highlight that position part in play, but 
you know, we, we were all over the place anyway. So it's a collective effort and they know they can be better um, all over the pitch from Saturday. And hopefully, hopefully on uh, on Sunday, we can put that right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe. We'll, we'll talk about that later, won't we? Um, it's a shame considering like every result went our way and we just couldn't capitalize on it. That would have been nice. Well, it really would have been. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not it's not a shame. It's good that it did because it's really it's just one one less one more game down, isn't it? Really, pretty much uh, apart from Brentford, um, we we came out of it pretty well. But like you say, in hindsight, if we had won that game, it was it was absolutely huge. Uh, we didn't. Uh, we move on, and you know what? Luton over recent seasons, when we've had that kick up the ass like Grimsby last year. We've gone on a good run and done really well. You know, sometimes we just need that little quick reset of right. Let's ground ourselves. Let's move on from this, and hopefully that 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 continues in in that kind of trend. I hope so. Well, some facts from friends of the podcast, Loosen Town Facts and Figures. These are some very interesting ones. Saturday ended a run of nineteen games at Kenilworth Road without losing to an English manager. The last was Liam Richardson and Wigan in September 2022. The last longer run than that was 23 games between August 1996 and August 1997. The longest run post-World War II is 43 games between March 1967 and December 1969. That run started after a 2-0 defeat to Brian Clough and his Hartlepool team. It was 2,636 days since the last uh, 3-1 defeat at home, which came against Portsmouth in November 2016, and that's the longest gap between 3-1 home defeats since the Second World War. That's mad. And uh, the last fact that uh, Will has sent in, Carlton Morris is now only the fourth Town player to have scored three times or more against Sheffield United. He's in good company, so that's Brian Steen, four goals, Gordon Turner also four goals, and Lars Elstrup with three goals. In other news, Elijah won Diamond Player of the Month, and he got a fancy FIFA card. I think it's been absolutely tremendous, Elijah. He's, the way he stepped up, and the way he's been absolutely dominating defences. Unfortunately, he couldn't do it against Sheffield United. You know, they literally parked the bus in that game. But he's been doing it against like some great defenders. And look, long may it continue. I voted for him for my Diamond Player of the Month, and I think he deserves it. He also deserves that fancy FIFA card. Um, I don't know what those mean or anything, but fair play to Elijah. Yeah, well, we uh, sing his praises every week, don't we? Um, it is a shame he didn't uh, he didn't manage to notch against Sheffield United. You know that would have given us a bit more momentum, hopefully get on to either a win or at least a draw. But you know he'll come good again. So with the rest of the team, we just got to bounce back. We've got three or four tough games now, and he'll be amongst the score- scorers in those games, I'm sure, and we'll bounce back. But yeah, it's deserved as well. I'm, I'm sure it, you know. The lads are kind of his age now, they enjoy that kind of stuff. They enjoy the recognition. They enjoy these FIFA cards, um, much like yourself. I don't really know how what they mean too much. I don't really play computer games or anything like that, but um, I'm sure to those guys it means a lot. Yeah, you're showing your age, calling them computer games. The kids of today know their true name. They are video cartridges. Love popping them in the old Commodore 64 and giving that a go. Uh, also, Utility Giving will be sponsoring Funnily our enough. shirts versus Man United. It probably means there's going to be a match-worn shirt auction coming up. Uh, that'll be interesting. I don't think we've had one so far this year. Uh, the Lusentown ladies' match against Russian and Diamond women was postponed because of a waterlogged pitch. I know the uh, you know the ground at uh, Barton's pretty unforgiving when it comes to heavy rain. That happens when it's uh, you know on clay. It's a shame. I was looking forward to going to that game. I was even going to take a bucket and spade for for the wee one, you know. Luton Town under-21s lost the Leeds under-21s in the Premier Cup. I believe that means we finish with nil poids, which is a real shame because you kind of want the the youth academy to sort of get the recognition that they deserve, you know, with 
results and wins. But look, we're not we're not going to really move ahead with this until we're not going to be challenging other great academies until we get away from Cat Three status. That the you know, there's no getting around that, is there? No, but um, I had some uh, rumors on the rowing grapevine that that they're going back in for that soon. So uh, hopefully, we've found a, a suitable site that we can get planning permission that doesn't need a, another Aldi or a little built on it, and uh, we can finally progress some of the youth in our town instead of letting them just rot in category three. We can progress them on, you know, which th- this town deserves. You know, it's got a a good sporting history of sports team across the town in cricket, football and everything else. And they deserve it, you know, and we deserve like a community hub where it can be used for the rest of the community as well, which uh, I know is in the forefront of their mind. Really the Luton council should have, should have put that through when we put the planning application in last time, but they didn't. Um, and hopefully we've got a, a site where we can, we can get that built because it's imperative really for, the progression of the football club in the long term. Yeah, it really is. I feel a big part of that is just having the a dome. It's like an inflatable dome where, you know, the, the youngsters can play indoors. It's such a minor thing to have caused such a, you know, a grievance. But, you know, on the bright side, the Braish has a, another Audi. So whoop-de-doo. That's fantastic, isn't it? Um, and in grassroots news, 61FC are currently fundraising to repair a roof in the bar and their clubhouse. Uh, it's been destroyed in the recent storms, and any help you can give them will be massively appreciated. We've shared the um, the fundraise appeal from 61FC. They, they do a lot of good in the local community. Uh, the clubhouse is used for various local events as well. And the way it is currently, the building might be rendered unfit for purpose, potentially condemned. So they, they really need help and love from the Luton community right now. I, I don't really know too much else about 61FC. Ian, are you aware of um, their role in the community? I'm not overly averse with um, 61FC, uh, but they've been around a long time and they are always um, very active with the local community. Um and you know, we 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 can't be not supporting these types of clubs. Like I alluded to with the with the youth team, you know, um, it is a great sport in town, and we've got lots of great sports team across across Luton, across the borough, um, and they deserve to be supported. So if you can spare any cash to them, they don't need millions of pounds. They just need a you know a few more bob to to keep them going. Um, and if you can spare a tenner or anything else, I think it's it's worth a worth donating so um well said uh they currently play in the spartan south midlands football league thank you very much producer matt for dropping in that info but that was all the news from around kellerworth road this week now it's time for discord telegram and whatsapp questions All right, guys, we've got an uh, incredible question from Mark the Hat this week. It's a bit of a two-parter. Hopefully you do better than last week. With it. We'll start with Mark the Hat's super question of the week. So it's two parts to this question. Part one, as I say, as always with these questions, we'll ask the question, and then after the rest of the questions, we'll come back to it and see how uh, Ian and Ollie do on these. So part one, can you name the player and match of which Joe Kinnear made these comments in 2001. Blank decided he was bigger and more powerful than everybody else and used brute force to overrule my authority and the captains. He knows he shouldn't have done it and has apologised to the players. As I say, we'll come back to that at the end of the uh, other questions. Let's move on. So the next question is from Meth on Discord. They said, what does everyone think of the Oak Road safe standard now? Now that we've seen it firsthand, Ian. Yeah, I mean, if it was if it was up to me, I would have safe standing everywhere. Um, growing up in Luton Town in the early nineties, um, and throughout the nineties, we visited a lot of grounds. You know, that was all standing, and it's just a completely different atmosphere for me. I miss it. You know, some of the best grounds I've been to, Roker Park away. Um, that was one of the best away games I've been to, all standing. 
yeah, I really, really miss it. You know, I think it adds to the atmosphere. The the days in non-league for 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 me were very fun because of that reason. Um, I, I enjoyed those atmospheres, and to be honest, I've never I haven't been able to get my knees in an Oak Road seat for many a year. So it's very tight. Um, unless you're five foot four, you just ain't getting in them. So, um, it's more comfortable for the away fans, and obviously we're spreading it across to the home end of that as well. So. Yeah, it's great. And I think they said there's going to be about 30% at Power Core. Is that right? I think if I remember back, uh, Ollie, you might be able to clarify that as well. About 30% is going to be safe standing. That's a good amount. That's a good amount. Uh, you know, obviously a lot of people are accustomed to sitting now and you don't want to discount their comfort as well and they can keep that. But 30% is a good amount at Power Core. Ollie, what's your thoughts? I'm actually coming around to safe standing. Um I've been going to a few Luton Town Lady games where, you know, it's terracing, but it's just steps. And I I like the aspect of being able to move around. Like, look, with my mobility issues, I like the having the ability to sort of move around, which you can do when you're standing. Like sitting, actually, while it can be more comfortable, it can also lead to, you know, stiffening up being a bit more uncomfortable in the long run especially the next day whereas what i like at, at barton and when i went to st albans the other day the fact that y- you can actually move around the ground now obviously you can't do that in you know in a premier league grounds or or with like uh you know when there are thousands of other people there but you have your little space and you can move around so i would be intrigued in trying out safe standing uh, to be honest it looks pretty good it, it's amazing how such a small change can make the grounds look way less shit and by by way less shit i mean you know obviously kenilworth road is the most beautiful ground on the face of the earth but it, it's amazing it, you know it, it's like polishing you know a diamond a little bit more it, it, it really did look quite nice i definitely would say yeah i've of the away experiences I've been at, I enjoyed safe standing because whilst if I stand still completely for, you know, 90 minutes, I find my, my spine, like, really aches. So having the safe standing, you've got, like, a bit of an option of a sit down if you you need that. You you know, at half time or maybe during the game, you might miss a couple of seconds or minutes or whatever. But just the ability to stand up, stretch around, move about. I find it's really quite good in in my personal opinion. But there we go. Cool. Uh, yeah, next question is from Michael from Discord. They said, why do we think Adebayo is thriving in the Premier League compared to his last season in the Championship? Now, that's one right for you, Ollie. Go on. It is. Um, look, I've been saying it for a long, long time. So there, there was no secret about the fact that against Huddersfield where when Elijah got injured towards the end of the 2021 season I think it was he wasn't ready to come back for the playoff semi-final now we were all there and we saw the way he walked onto the pitch with this awkward little jog he wasn't fit and I feel he did more damage to himself in the off-season before the 21-22 season and that showed you could see as the season started he was he was not fit he really wasn't he was trying things weren't coming off for him um and he only sort of hit his stride sort of in January February when he really was absolutely class I think he scored in six games in a row um and then he went away at the end of the year uh, the end of the season, and he he actually came back a week earlier than everyone else for preseason because he was determined to make sure he was ready for it. And then, you know, at the beginning of the season, yeah, it wasn't really coming off for him, but it wasn't coming off for the rest of the team. You know, he wasn't getting the service. Everyone was adjusting. Um, Premier League players are just that much bigger, faster, more athletic. So you know, he he, he dipped his toe and he wasn't quite ready, but. Now, him and the rest of the team are fully acclimatised to the Premier League, and that is showing with Elijah. Um, He has all the attributes. He's tall. He's strong. 
He's good in the air. He's good with his feet. He's unpredictable. I've said it before. He has a touch of the Shawamnis. When he gets the ball to his feet, he doesn't know what he's going to do with it. And it makes him such an enjoyable player to watch. And yeah, I, I feel he's he's just more cut out for the Premier League than the Championship because the 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 uh, defenders won't be as all over you as they would be in the Championship. They'll stand off. They'll give him a little bit more respect. Sure, he's a bit more on everyone's radar now because of this uh, FIFA card. Also because he you know slammed in a hat trick against Brighton, but I still think. Premier League defenders are not going to be as on top of him as Championship defenders were. That's what I think, anyway. Yeah, uh, I can't, I can't disagree. Um, I, I said as much last week. You know, I, I think it's not just he's he's got better in his goal scoring ability, but he's he's better with the ball at his feet as well, and he's shown that um, in recent weeks even more. So, um, yeah, m- mirror what Ollie said really, but um, but again, what we said last week, you know. He's, he's a great asset for us. Okay, and the last question is from Joel on the WhatsApp community. They said, survival in the Prem or win the FA Cup? Survival in the Prem or win the FA Cup? So I'm going to give my thoughts on this one. I think survival in the Prem at this point. Um, Ian, over to you. What's your thoughts? One, we've already had this question, but uh, I'll, I'll give you the same answer. Um, survival in the Premier League all day long. It's worth more money um, and it helps us in the long run. I think, I'll be honest, I think the question's being answered just because we're progressing a little bit further in the FA Cup. So Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Ollie, have you changed your opinion from earlier in the season? I say it's funny because I thought Ian was going to say FA Cup because he said it before. So I was I was getting all ready to disagree with him. And say, look, you stay in the Prem, you buy more players, and then you you get more depth, and then you have a better chance of going for the FA Cup in future seasons. Um, but yeah, of course, I, you know, I'm not changing my tune. It's survival in the Prem. That's a that's a long winded way of saying you agree with me, okay. Ollie. Appreciate that. Right, let's go back to Mark the Hat's super question of the week. So. Part one. This is fastest fingers on the buzzers, by the yeah, way. Yeah, so I, I, I just want to get my guess in. Can you name I want to get. Can I get my guess in before you, you say if the question? If you've got an answer, go on. Yeah. So I think it was Steve Howard against York. You are in fact right. There is a second part yeah. to this question, so the fun isn't over yet. <laughs> so I'll go back over the question again. Can you name the player in the match which Jokinir made these comments in two thousand one? Steve Howard. Decided he was bigger and more powerful than everybody else and used brute force to overrule my authority and captains. He knows he shouldn't have done it and has apologised to the players. It was Steve Howard against York City away on the 15th of September 2001. In the 52nd minute, the score won a piece, Luton won a penalty. Of he which missed Howard both missed. of them. He missed, oh, you he missed of both shit. of them. Yeah, he missed both pens. Not the question. It's not the question, guys. <laughs> okay, go on. Go on <laughs> Yeah, I knew you were, I knew you were getting ready which Howard you? missed he then physically wrestled the ball off teammate Kevin Nichols and captain Aaron Skelton demanding to take the retake of which he missed for a second time he continued to argue with teammates on the pitch until he was hauled off by Kinnear Kevin Nichols having to be physically restrained by his teammates part 2 who was the makeshift striker brought on for Howard who eventually went on to score the winner for the Hatters Oh shit! Ooh, <laughs> what a question! Ooh, makeshift. I was at that game as well. Um, makeshift, makeshift striker. See, in my head before you said makeshift, I thought it was Stuart Douglas, who also I think broke his nose in that game. Um, was it Marvin Johnson? Shaking my head. Shaking my head again. Leon no, Barnett. Now, two thousand one. Too early. I can, I can try and give you guys a hint. Yeah, give us okay, a, go on. a hint. I'll try and give you a hint out of this if you'd like. They were on loan from Tottenham Hotspur. Oh, not. Um, it's not it Rory Allen before you say it. No. Wasn't he on no. loan from Wolves? Oh, what? On loan from Tottenham Hotspur. That's all the, that's all the tips I'm giving you. Was it. Wasn't Chris Allen? Has <laughs> Mark the Hatter won again? Is it Chris Perry? No. It wasn't. 
Chris Perry was like t- 2006. Yeah. Shall I give you the answer? Go on. I'm going to be kicking myself. It was Ian Hillier. Oh, Ian. oh Hillier. Lady, Hillier. And that was a goal. That was a great goal, wasn't it? He pinched the ball off the toes of a York player on the edge of the box before using the outside of his boot to curl a beautiful strike in the top right-hand corner, giving Luton a 2-1 victory. It was the only goal he scored there in his go, career, guys. I think, as well. I, I believe wow. that's... Uh, well done to Mark Bahata. That's, that's yeah, you two, again, Mark. two all, well like, done. two all. Look, great questions as always. Thank you to everyone for submitting them, and thanks to Mark the Hatter for the super question. Now let's have a word from our sponsors. How's the podcast sounding? Great, right? That's because I'm recording this on a carry-on podcasting microphone, your portable solution for audio and musical instruments. Together with Blackstar Amplification, they are We Are Luton Town's audio partner and are the reason why we are giving away a Blackstar Bluetooth Fly 3 amp every month of the season. Keep an eye on our socials to be in with a chance of winning a Blackstar Fly 3 amp. So, whether you're rocking out or just want a speaker to connect your music to, you have a boombox wherever you go. We're also sponsored by Beard Surgeon, who taught me the proper way to take care of my beard. Because I've been doing it wrong all along. With Beard Surgeon Oils, their scents and unique blend of cannabis sativa seed oil will make your beard feel and smell excellent. As well as preventing breakouts on your skin. You can get 15% off on Beard Surgeon Oils on orders through their website beardsurgeon.co.uk by using the code WALT15. But Ian, why is this podcast different from all other podcasts? I don't know, Ollie. Why is this podcast different to all other podcasts? Because there's a joke in here. The genie says, what's your first wish? Okay. The genie says, what's your first wish? Toby, I wish I was rich. The genie, granted, what's your second wish? Rich says, I want lots of money. <laughs> it's such a stupid joke yeah, but yeah. my god dad joke yeah that is a proper dad joke <laughs> i can see oh. i can see why you were laughing for half of the podcast on mute there yeah. reading it was absolutely ridiculous like <laughs> oh. oh crikey well let's look ahead to our next fixture against Manchester United. So we got a pre-match stat that's been sent in by Luton Town Facts and Figures. The last time we played Man United on a Sunday was April 21st, 1985. Eight million people watched it live on TV and saw Luton win 2-1, gaining revenge for the 5-0 defeat on TV the previous season. It was also the first time since promotion that David Pleat had beaten one of the top teams. Uh, McHarford scored twice, including a penalty. Uh, I think a few more than uh, 8 million people will be watching this time round. Uh, and also, a bit silly this one, uh, in our last six home games against United, we've scored 1-0-1-0-1. Zero. So extrapolate that one. We we should be getting one goal on Sunday. Be happy with that, wouldn't we? Well, hopefully more than one. I think we'll need more than one to win, to be honest. But uh, and we've got it in us. We know we have. Um, so uh, yeah, hopefully it's more than one. Yeah. Well, you know, with that pattern, it would most likely be one. But football isn't played on graph paper. It's played on grass, isn't it? Um, how are you feeling ahead of the match then, Ian? It's a uh, it's a hard schedule coming up, um, but Man United are in, in fine form. Um, and Man United have a Man United result in them, as well as Luton having a Luton result in them. So I'm relatively confident. I'm more confident than I was against Sheffield United. Work that one out. 
Um, but it is what it is. Uh, this is Luton Town Football Club. Um, I think we'll put in a very good performance. Um, it'll be difficult to get the win. The win we can get. Um, but I do think we're going to get a point or some points from this game. I, I honestly don't think we're going to lose it. I, I, I'm inclined to agree with you there. I, I feel the way that they're going to play will sort of fall into our hands a bit more than the way Sheffield United just sort of sat back or, you know, and let us attack. Like Man United will be going at us. They'll leave spaces in behind for, for Chio and for Doughty to run into. Um, I don't know what defenders they're going to be putting out because um, what Martinez, he's, he's, he's crocked, isn't he? He's done his, uh, he's done his knee or hamstring or something. Um, but I feel Elijah could possibly, you know, get the better of Maguire as long as we we don't stand off Maguire and let him dictate play like he was at at Old Trafford because that was just disgraceful. Like we were giving him the freedom of Manchester just to pick his pass, and he was sending in some absolutely brilliant passes. But I feel if we can nick the ball off Maguire and get a run on him, there's no chance that Maguire is catching any of our front line. None of them. But well, what about you, Matt? You looking forward to this one? Yeah, I think it'll be a, a fun game. It'll be nice to host Man United at the Kenny. Um, I think it's going to be a scorey one. Like, I think that's going to be maybe like at least one goal between each team. But yeah, I feel fine. I, I feel more confident, I'm hoping, than I felt in the Sheffield game. I did feel like we were going to pull a Luton in the last game, but. Yeah, I, I think a fairly high-scoring game is on the books for this Sunday. Yeah, it's actually the first in quite a horrendous run of games. So got Man United, Liverpool, Man City, then Aston Villa. But it doesn't get easy, but I, I reckon it will probably calm down a little bit after that. I, I can't even remember what the fixtures are, but, you know, it can't, can't get worse than that, can it? But uh, ahead of welcoming Man United to Kenilworth Road, we have a match preview from my good friend, Tim Glass. Take it away, Tim. Hello there. Lovely to be a guest on your on your wonderful podcast. As a Manchester United fan for many a year, uh, the trip to Luton reminds me of a few painful trips when I was a young boy in the 80s and the early 90s playing on the plastic pitch. Um, somebody will probably tell me why this is not right, but I remember a game in 92 where we drew one all that led to a very costly costly points drop in, in what was then a, a championship race that ultimately was unsuccessful. So we'll be hoping for better this weekend. Uh, United go to Luton in pretty good form. It's probably, you could argue, the worst time uh, to players all year where we seem to have a bit of momentum we've got a bit of a winning run we've got some players that are in form we've got some exciting young players coming through um, and there's a bit of a team beginning to take shape I think anybody that gets too carried away and is too you know well I think has learnt over previous weeks and seasons that uh, we've had many a false dawn but I, but I do think that there's an argument to say that giving Ten Hag time over the past few months when clearly he could have lost his job and arguably deserved to. Certainly for the chances going into the back end of this season in terms of a bit of stability at the club probably turns out looks like being a good decision. But I would say very much the fans are split on him. Some feel that he, you know, that head should have rolled after the 7-0 defeat to Liverpool last year and there's too much of a culture of, you know, the, the, the winning culture is, is just drained from the club. Others think he needs to be given time, uh, allowed to make mistakes, learn from those mistakes, come back stronger. Um, and I guess time will tell as to how it works out. I think you could make a case to say that the uh, introduction of Sir Jim Radcliffe has given the club a boost. Results would certainly seem to suggest so. Um, Let's see. Uh, I think it's far too early to, to talk about that. And let's see the decisions that they make and their recruitment on and off the pitch. Um, and let's see if we can continue to improve. 
I think the most exciting thing about the team at the moment is the young guys and is the is the young players and you know particularly Rasmus Hoyland and and Kobe Mainu, um who uh, you know we're now basically playing one game a week because we're out of Europe so I think the team will probably pick itself depending on some injuries um, Luke Shaw particularly I guess at left back being the key one but I think it's going to be a difficult game I think a few weeks ago I would have guaranteed you would have lost. Um, but now we do have a bit of hope watching the game at Old Trafford earlier in the season wasn't a classic but you ran as close and you've obviously come close against City and Liverpool I think in recent weeks so you know you're doing a, you're doing a great job I think surprising many but whether or not it would be interesting to see how you react to the defeat to Sheffield United because um, I'm not sure too many people expected that uh, but forever the optimist I'm going to go for a glut of goals and a 5-2 victory for Manchester United. Um, and hopefully uh, the renaissance will continue. But whether it does or it doesn't, I wish Luton Town all the very best in your bid to stay, stay up. I'd love nothing better than to see you stay up and send Everton down. That would make me smile. Best of luck this weekend and up the Reds. Yeah, I had to get Tim on. Because, uh, you know, all the Billy Big Bollocks, Man United podcasts, they just uh, weren't answering my messages. So, fair play, Tim. Thank you very much for stepping up. But, as always, we will never do score predictions on this pod because we are very superstitious. So, let's wrap up this pod with a game of Hatter or Lower. This week on Hatter or Lower, we are joined by yet another very special guest. A warm welcome to the podcast, match vlogger and video game streamer, Tom Deggy. How are you going on today, Tom? Yeah, good, thank you. All good. I'm bunged up, unfortunately, but uh, surviving. Oh, look at you, getting the excuses in early. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Look, not very good at these uh, quizzes and all that lot, so that's why I'll get my excuses in now that uh, I've got a memory of a sieve, so I'm uh, just hopefully not going to embarrass myself. Nah, you'll be fine. Look, you'll be fine. Look, I got I got zero out of ten. You don't hear me complaining about it. Oh, well, there you go, then. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Absolutely fine. But I love your vlogs, and they reaffirm my belief that I wouldn't last in Block F, not with my spine anyway. How did you decide to start <laughs> doing them? Um, it's weird because I've always done some streaming and gaming side of things for like three or four years now. And um, obviously I've been to Luton Home and Away for many years. And I thought I'd just try and put two and two together. I started to do some video editing on my gaming side. And then I thought, you know what? I see loads of vloggers. I see loads of people doing it at the football. It looks really cool. Let me just try and see. So anyway, I started it back on the first Grimsby at home. Um, in the FA Cup and then went from there really and every sort of every week I do the videos people comment or come up to and say that I can't always get to the games love what you do and just sort of gets us involved so uh, sort of that's a bit of a reassurance thing it's not for everyone but um, and sometimes I even sit there and think you know what like today videoing the game or whatever like that I don't video all the time and I've got a little device that sort of makes it really easy for me and I can concentrate on the game and just push a few buttons and it does it for me so uh yeah it's not it's not all what it makes out to be i'm not constantly just recording myself so yeah it's good fun i'll do it until i uh i get bored of it or stop enjoying it but so far it's been really good it is a lot of fun it really is uh and the the carnage when uh the carnage when the goals go in especially in block f i'm in block e which is relatively tame but yeah. block f just looks another level it, it, yeah i must admit my uncle come um for the Sunderland uh, at home playoff, he'd done a few ever, uh, others, etc. But he went away and he sent a picture the next morning with his front of his legs and his back all bruised up. Where obviously the seats are a little bit low, and uh, as you're jumping around, it's uh, getting on the back of your legs and the front. And I was like, if you if you're in block F, if you don't walk away with a bruise, then you know you've either lost the game and you haven't scored, or it's uh, or you've not done something right. But yeah, it's good fun, really good fun. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll stay in Blocky, I think. Um, but Tom, what was your <laughs> what was your earliest memory of Luton Town Football Club? Um, so my favourite player was always uh, Matty Taylor. 
um, growing up. Um, so I got a few of them. Uh, my favourite, uh, my very first away day was Russian and Diamonds. Uh, my dad took me to that. That was uh, nice, only up the road, um, but good sort of away day. Um, but a little bit more recent, Nuneaton away, the 5-0, when we basically took over their, um, their ground. We had more away fans than home fans. Uh, stewards are brilliant that day. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's been some, uh, some good memories over there. And then even, um, what was it, we lost, was it 3-2 to Braintree when we should have won that one to, to win, the, uh, win the title back? Um, so, yeah, there's, there's been some really good memories across the years. Um, and, you know, there's plenty of ups and plenty of downs with Luton, obviously. Uh, but it's just nice to say that you could have gone to all four tiers with the same club sort of thing, whereas a lot of uh, these fans have to sort of go and follow a different team or uh, go just visit the ground as a neutral, whereas we've been able to do it across the board. Yeah. Like, look, the, part of the amazing thing about following Luton is the fact that you've seen so many grounds. It really is so good. But you might have already answered this. Uh, so who is your favourite player of all time? So my favourite player of all time was Matty Taylor. Um, loved Matty Taylor, his goals and everything like that. Um, and when I was back young, I obviously went to um, Portsmouth and sort of just followed him for a little while and uh, how he was getting on. But yeah, Matty Taylor was my all-time favourite. Got many shirts back in the day with Taylor on the back of it. Um, Adrian Forbes was quite a good one as well. Um, always remember, I think the goal where he charged the keeper and jumped um and it went in i'm, I'm sure of that one but uh yeah um definitely matty taylor's my favorite player over the uh, years yeah adrian forbes had that weird jump as well didn't he where he sort of jumped with his arms and legs he out. did yeah it was always amusing yeah what a yeah, player definitely. he was <laughs> so who's your favorite Brilliant. player from the current squads oh um see Obviously, Ross Barkley's brilliant. I love Ross Barkley. He's the best player we've ever had at the club. Um, fantastic. And, you know, even if he has an off day, it's still a very good game, um, regardless. Um, I like how Alfie's obviously uh, really grown. I think probably one of my most consistent players throughout uh, since we've got him is probably Amari Bell um, at the back. You know, he's, he's always been that type of player that will have a fairly solid game and you could rely on him throughout. Certainly before, obviously, um, he had a little injury. I felt he was one of our most consistent defenders um, and you knew you could rely on him a lot. I haven't heard anyone say Amari Bell. I guess he goes under the radar, doesn't he? He is just Mr. Consistent. He does. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of it. You know, if, uh, all these players have a really, uh, really good game and sort of get picked out, highlight. But he's sort of in that role, isn't he, that... Um, he doesn't get forward as much anymore and he sort of has a solid at the back um, but when he does make forward it's brilliant um, and Gabe Oshu is also one of them players that when he picks up the ball he just you love to let him run with it he's just got that natural ability just to run with it and he's like, you think hang on a minute this is our defender here um, but yeah Amari Bell has been brilliant um, since we've got him sort of thing um, oh, amazing amazing but yeah I would say I'd, you know I'd definitely look at each week for Ross Barkley um, he's fantastic at the moment and it is nice to even see, you know, the top two, Elijah and Colton, seem to play really well in that left side at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, with Ross Barkley, we're just running out of things to say about him because he is that good. <laughs> yeah. But, Tom, are you ready to play some Hatter or Lower? I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, everyone's got to do it. Everyone's got to do it. Right. Hatter or Lower is powered by Hatter's Heritage, a website that does the important job of preserving the history of our club. They always need volunteers and you can check them out at hattersheritage.co.uk or get in touch by googling Hatters Heritage. And that's exactly what I've done to get the names and appearance totals for 20 Hatters. I then ask, who play more, player A or player B? The contender then has to guess who've made more appearances for the Hatters and try and get as high up on our leaderboard as possible. It's now time to play Hatter or Lower and this week's contender is Tom Deggy! Right, how are the nerves? Um, yeah, nervous. Yeah. As I said nervous, before... just don't want to get zero. You've got to get one, and then you've beaten me. That's all you need to do. <laughs> and I've beaten you. <laughs> Brilliant. Right. Let's do it. Let's kick this off. Who played more? Andre Gray or Elliot Lee? Ooh. 
I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I think he was there longer. I'm going to say Andre Gray. Incorrect. Andre Gray played 111 times for Luton Town. Elliot Lee, 123. Not the best start there. Wow, fair enough. No. Right. Who played more? Martin Craney or Matthew Robinson? I'm going to say Robinson. Correct! Matthew Craney played 50 times for Luton Town. Matthew Robinson, 57. He had a couple more seasons. That was close. (laughs) Yeah, Martin Craney just had one season, if memory serves. I thought so, yeah. That's why I sort of went for Robinson, but heart stopped beating there. That's fine. I'm I'm okay. Nerves are gone. (laughs) We've got the one. Off the mark. Here we go. Who played more, Sean Wally or Luke Gambin? Oh, I think I think I'm going more for Gambin than I am for Wally. Yeah, I'm gonna go Gambin. Incorrect. Sean Wally played forty-two times for Luton Town. Luke Gambin, thirty-eight. Yeah. They're all tight. Yeah, they're all fine margins. That's the yeah. name of the game. Who play more? Paul Benson or Jack Stacy? Oh. I feel like Jack had quite a lot more consistency coming through. But then Paul was very at one stage. I'm going to go Jack Stacey. I think Jack Stacey. I want to just say a bit more consistent throughout. Correct. Paul yeah, Benson Jack Stacey, played going, yes. 85 times for Luton Town. Jack Stacey, 95. I jumped the gun there, but I assumed you were going with Jack Stacey. But we'll count. Yes, yeah. No, I just thought it was a bit more consistent, but I couldn't remember... Um, the the true with Paul Benson, so yeah, I, I aided on the side of my caution, and Jack Stacey. Yeah, Benno was uh, ever present in that conference winning season, but he did break his leg. Um, he was out for a while, but Jack Stacey was just ever present for three seasons. He was, yeah. Right, who played more? Brilliant player as well. He was. Love Jack Stacey. Who played more? Jake Gray or Michael Harriman? Um, that stumped me a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna have a guess at Jake Gray. Incorrect. Jake Gray played 28 times for Luton Town. Michael Harriman, 39. That was a bit of a uh, a guess one for me, unfortunately. Yeah, well, neither of them played much, did they? No. Who play more, Luke Wilkinson or Jordan Cook? Um, I'm going to say Jordan Cook. Incorrect. Luke Wilkinson played 72 ah. times for Luton Town. Jordan Cook, 57. Yeah, oh, wow. you got to remember. Oh, okay. Yeah, Luke Wilkinson was like, Ever present under John Still. He loved Luke Wilkinson. Yeah. Loved him. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. Yeah. But Jordan Cook as mm-hmm. well. Like Nathan Jones loved Jordan Cook for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Who played more? Kazenga Luar Luar or Jack Marriott? Ooh. There's a few injuries in there, isn't there, with them? Um I always remember with Luwa the uh, the contract a uh, contract saga wasn't it? Is he staying? Is he not? And then finally got him right at the end. So, um, oh, but then Jack, oh, it's, it's, I'm I'm gonna go with Jack Marriott because of the Luwa I thought he was might have been a bit more injured. Um, I'm gonna kick myself, but probably. But yeah, I'm going with Marriott. Correct. Kazenga Luar Luar played oh, okay. 87 times for Luton Town. Jack Marriott, 
91. Well done. Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that whole that was contract close, saga yeah, was, I, 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 was nuts, aided wasn't on that it? side. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, the champagne on ice, but we wouldn't have got that uh, song without it, would we? No, exactly. Exactly. Brilliant. Plus, uh, crucial in us staying up at Hull with that, that goal mm-hmm. against Hull. 100%. Very important. Yeah. Next up, who play more, Ronnie Henry or Simon Sluger? Ooh. Uh, I'm going to say, because uh, Sluger come in on there. I'm going to go with Ronnie Henry, actually. Incorrect. Ronnie Henry played 87 times for Luton Town. Simon Sluger, 94. He was ever present. 94. Yeah, he was present, but I just thought with uh, cut runs and stuff like that as well. Because um, he took him out the side for a couple of games as well, didn't he? But put him back in. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, it's amazing. I can't believe he nearly got 100 for Luton. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Right, next up. Who played more, Cameron Jerome or Isaac Vassell? Um, so last year, I think Cameron Jerome was at 21 games that he featured in. Um, there was quite a presence, and he certainly came off the bench as well. Um, Isaac Vassell played quite a pivotal role. Um, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna say Cameron Jerome. I'm gonna say Cameron. Correct. Cameron Jerome played 61 yes. times for Luton Town. Isaac Vassell, 55. Well done. Wow. Do you know how many games Isaac Vassell has played since he left Luton Town? I can't think it has been many. Four. Absolutely mad. Four? Yeah. Where is he? I think he's released now. Cardiff released him. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a real shame. That's a shame, really. Yeah, it is. Yeah, real shame. And the final question. Who play more, James Collins or Sonny Bradley? Ooh. See, Sonny spent last part of his thing on the bench, didn't feature too much, although he was in and around. Um, Collins was... Collins was um, top goal scorer for quite a few years. Um, was it three on the bounce, maybe? Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say because Collins was quite a uh, pivotal player for us, um, more towards or throughout rather than Sonny. Obviously, um, sort of faded out towards the end. I'm gonna say Collins. Correct. James Collins played 183 times for Luton Town. Sonny Bradley, 175. And you've done pretty well here. You hit a five out of ten. That sticks you smack bang in the middle of our leaderboard. Uh, How does that that feel? Yeah, you take it? (laughs) I'll definitely take that, yeah. A bit of a relief, absolutely. That was very good. You're there with such names as club historian Roger Wash and Simon Oxley. Solid effort. Well done. Wow. Wow, fair play to everyone. That was very good. (laughs) It was great having you on. Thank you very much, Tom. Really appreciate you, mate. No, I appreciate you uh, offering the time for me to come on and thank you uh, for listening. I appreciate that. Cheers, And thank you to everyone for the support as well. Well, that's us done for this week. You can listen back to our post-match phone-ins across all podcast providers. Please check out our socials. We are Luton Town on Facebook. We are Luton Town on Twitter. The Walt Podcast on Twitter. We are also on TikTok, Instagram, Telegram, Discord, and Reddit. You can find all of these on our website, wearelutontown.co.uk. Follow across all socials to be involved in monthly giveaways, including Beard Surgeon Beard Oils, Black Star Fly 3 Amps, and Luton Town Shirts. 
Thank you all for tuning in. Sports Social Podcast Network.